Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Visit FABNT.com for details. Member FDIC. From the Eat My Catfish studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one collar-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Hour number two at Drive Time Sports. Rick Schaefer standing by. In Northwest Arkansas, I'm Randy Rainwater from Central Arkansas. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. Uh, Again, for those that are not members of hogsports.com, you may want to take advantage. I'm not sure how much longer this $1 deal will remain, Trey. But, um, and saying that, to say this, uh, this was this has been a very a busy day uh, for hogsports.com. Yeah. Shine O'Grady discusses dismissal from Razorbacks, the big red board quarterbacks, uh, ranking the SEC starting quarterbacks in 2020. More targets added to the Arkansas Junior Day list. Uh, Arkansas's 2021 defensive offers under Sam Pittman. Should I keep going on, or is that enough for the time being? Yeah, well, another one, Randy, you might have missed it. Just We just put out was uh, just about the top ten quarterback prospects in the state of Texas. It just, it's a really nice breakdown from Gabe Brooks, who's our regional recruiting analyst who covers Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma. Just breaking down the top ten guys, there's three of them who are what we would consider prime Arkansas targets that are in that list including one of them who's scheduled a visit to arkansas and danny's got a, li- a breakdown of that he, he's coming out with different sections of the big red board just to pro- provide a little bit more depth so for those who don't know the big red board is our regularly updated list of arkansas's top prospects at each position and uh, you know we keep them in order we we rate them on you know confidence level of where arkansas stands and and just try to add some notes and stuff to that. But he came out with a quarterback today. I would imagine running back soon to follow uh, for the class of 2021. And it's a good time to do that kind of stuff because it's February 25th. We've got four more days left of this dead period, and then things are really going to start opening up. We know that Arkansas has a big junior day on March 7th, and, man, spring drills are right around the corner March 16th, which, by the way, Arkansas is – We've got a, a long breakdown also uh, provided from our national desk at 24-7 just on the start dates of spring drills for every school and the, and the spring game. And right now, Arkansas, they're not the latest starting, but they're definitely the latest week. There's a, there's a, Arkansas starts on a Monday. There's a couple of schools starting on the Tuesday of that week and a couple of schools starting on Wednesday of that week. But Arkansas is in the final week, and nobody has a later 
spring game than Arkansas has. There's a couple of other, a couple of ties out there, but nobody has a later spring game than Arkansas does, which I found pretty notable, especially since we're used to with Chad Morris having such an early start to spring. We would have, I believe, already started spring if we if we were under Chad Morris. I think we would have already started, and then the red white game. I think last year it was like April 7th, I think. So a lot earlier than – it's just a different philosophy. I understand the philosophy that Morris used because if you do get in, someone injured, you have a longer time to get that player healthy for the season. In this case, I think Pittman looks at it like we want to get to know these guys better, we want to familiarize ourselves, and we want to spend more time in the weight room before we get into spring drills. And I left out a couple of other stories. Um, linebacker target sees Arkansas visit date. Razorback schedule future game against non-conference opponent. Major targets added to, I'll regret that one. Okay. Uh, and then there's the several Hall quarterbacks target among the top ten in Texas. I try my best, yeah. Trey. I don't know how long that's been up there. I try to check uh, your site just right before I go on the air. And mm-hmm. I don't know how long that uh, the quarterback targets. I know this much. I pulled it up. It's uh, – from a print standpoint, it's 15 pages. So that means there's a yeah. lot of a lot of skinny inside that particular story by Gay Brooks. Yeah, I think we released seven or eight stories today that were Arkansas related, uh, that were free, and then one, two, three, four, five VIP stories today. Yeah. So our VIP, our, the way we do our stories, we do free content and VIP content. Free content is generally stuff that is already out there, stuff that comes out of press conferences or press releases or things that basically everybody's going to write about. And our VIP stuff are things that we put more research into, things that haven't happened yet, telling you about things. And, you know, it doesn't include also our interactions on the Razor's Edge Premium Forum where we're basically answering questions and interacting with our subscribers all day, which I think is a pretty unique experience, you know, versus most publications. Interesting. And I'm looking at that story you're talking about, dates for the spring games as mm-hmm. we speak. So uh, that's good information. I'll tell you a fun one, too, with the combine coming up, Randy, is the fastest 40 times of all time. we got a, a, a deal. And this is, again, you know, a lot of our stuff comes from the national desk, too. They do a great job finding stories and, and, uh, and putting stuff out there like that. But it's always fun to look at. 40 times, the, the top 10 fastest guys who ever ran the 40 at the Combine. Darren McFadden missed this list by .04 seconds. It's interesting that um, you're you're bringing it to Combine because there are several stories. Let's say this is off of uh, who is this from? The Atlanta, uh, Athletic. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, it's got uh, agility position drills says the sexiest aspect of the combine the athletic testing the 40-yard dash three-cone drill short shuttle long shuttle vertical jump broad jump bench press and it goes on with a further explanation but the reason why i brought that up is because they have highlighted uh an arkansas player uh in that particular aspect and if i can get to it i have to find it again but uh, I think it's the one that they highlighted, uh, McTelvin Aguim. So he's at 307 pounds. Aguim moves like a much smaller player, should be one of the best testers in the 10-yard split and three 
cone drill. In the interview process, I think that pretty well speaks for itself. Another Arkansas player is listed there, and that is one Cheyenne O'Grady. Says the interview process will be critical for O'Grady as a history of effort issues and immaturity dating back to high school. And I think you know the rest of it there. And as you had yes. a story today, you go on to uh, basically define that situation at the end of last year. Uh, O'Grady did explain his side of the story on his basic dismissal from the football team. Right. The first time that he's really talked about it, Randy, publicly. And one of the things he said was that was the old CJ, what he likes to refer to as the old CJ. And I'm pulling for CJ O'Grady. Mm-hmm. I really am. And I hope he gets everything together because, to me, he's like first, second-round type talent just with his physical attributes. It's just the stuff that he's done off the field. And I've heard that this, that was the old CJ stuff. I've heard that for the last three years from him, <laughs> you know. Yes. So I, I hope he gets it figured out. I really do. He's got a world of talent, but that's going to hurt them. That's going to hurt him, no question, in this in this process. I mean, he was he was electric at times for Arkansas, but I can remember going back to Brett Bielma pretty early in his career. I mean, I, th- I think Brett had been here a couple few years, and he had this long streak of not getting a player arrested. Do you remember that, Randy? I mean, mm-hmm. really yes. throughout Bielma's tenure, you could pretty much count on one hand all the players that got arrested under him. And the first guy to, to break it was, was CJ, you know, had, a, had, a, had an arrest. Uh, yeah, I believe that's right. So, I mean, it, this is something that goes back a long way, certainly pulling for the guy. And I, I think everybody is, you know, well aware that, you know, he's, he's just had some issues. Not didn't make him a bad person. He's just some, just some decisions. And, and I'll say this, too. I know that coaches ask a lot of these players and you know he, he brought up you know his body being just physically kind of worn out but probably would, would have been a better way to to approach that than telling coaches that he didn't want to go uh, to, to the game I think he said the Alabama game but I, I believe his last game he said after the Alabama game but I think his last game maybe it was Alabama it was Alabama. Uh, yeah yeah because here's what happened he didn't play in the Alabama game, and Chad Morris addressed it on Monday following the Mississippi State game. I believe that's how it worked out. So he played in the Alabama game. He had four catches for 13 yards and a touchdown, the only touchdown of the game for Arkansas. He didn't play the next week against Mississippi State. And then on Monday, Morris announced that he'd been dismissed from the team. Yeah, he, he said his body was beat up and he was sore and hurting. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he didn't want to play? in that next game against Mississippi State, yes. if I remember correctly. Um, and he goes through drills, I believe, Randy, on February 27th. I believe is when he's scheduled to go through all the on-field workouts. Now, I guess that would mean tomorrow he'd compete in bench press, I think. And today was interviews. And then you've got, let's see, D-line is going to be February 29th. Um, yeah. February 29th for D-line. So yeah, we'll see McFarland again do his stuff then. And linebackers, actually, so we'll also see Scooter. Well, I actually turned on the NFL Network today hoping I might see some of the combine workouts, and then I realized it was what you're talking yeah. about, interviews and 
A lot of that was the press Just conferences. Just getting started. Mm-hmm. Uh, also by the head coaches or GMs of the respective clubs. So uh, that in itself is what is consuming today's activity. Uh, I haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to compare, but um, the Big Red board, you talked about the quarterbacks. How does that compare with the article by uh, Gabe Brooks uh, concerning the quarterbacks in the state of Texas? Mm-hmm. Yes, there are three quarterbacks in that article that are listed among Danny list. He lists several quarterbacks, I believe, but he lists the top three, you know, he lists the others to watch, but three, those top three quarterbacks are listed among the top 10 led by Caden Salter. Who's the top quarterback in Texas right now and is scheduled to, to take a visit to Arkansas pretty soon here. So. All right. From our, got to sign a big time quarterback in every class, Randy. Yeah, exactly. That's the way it is now. Yeah. Uh, from our Keith Lee Service Company live fan feedback, Alvin says, Trey, can you compare Traylon Burks with Anthony Lucas? Different players, I think. Now, Anthony Lucas was certainly a great one, but I would say Lucas is probably lankier. Um, Burks is different. Burks I would compare more to a guy like Andre Johnson, and I know that's a lot. But when you consider that he's 6'3", 223 pounds, that's about the same size. And so, yeah, I guess I would, uh, I, w- I would say that they both – Lucas was a great Razorback receiver, and Burks is going to be a great Razorback receiver if they can get things figured out at quarterback. I would like to see – with Burks, I, I would say probably – a little more versatile in what he's capable of doing just because he is such a big-bodied guy. I think that Burks is someone with the numbers that they have at tight end as maybe a guy you look at putting him in some certain situations so he can run some tight end because they only have two scholarship guys coming back next year, including one who was a former walk-on. Also lining him up at wide receiver. I think you do a lot of end-around stuff, continue punt return, kick return, I mean, he's a guy that really has to touch the ball. I, I would like to see his touches triple from last year to this year. No argument there. Uh, also from our Keith Lee Service Company live fan feedback, Blake wants to know, ask Trey if they have a baseball guy. A baseball guy. Would Pete qualify what for that? Capacity. Oh, Pete. Yeah, Pete does our baseball stuff. We've also added Mason Choate to the team. Uh, who's interning with us, who's going to help with some stuff like that. He does a really good job. Shout out to Conway, Arkansas. He's from there. And, uh, yeah, so Mason's going to help with it. But Pete is our our primary baseball guy. He's been at every game. We've covered every game this year. Is he headed down to Houston? He's not headed to Houston. I'm not sending him that far. Open up the pocketbook, (laughs) big guy. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. I see that – uh, Pete going, yeah, We'll send him to Omaha if that happens. That's, All right. That's a great idea. I love that thought of going to Houston, <laughs> boss man. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, wait for, we'll wait for Omaha. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mentioned also that uh, there was a, another article uh, on Hog Sports that was uh, breaking down all 14 quarterbacks in the SEC, give them a rating. Mm-hmm. And I do believe, uh, coming in at number seven, if memory serves me correct, was uh, Felipe Franks. Uh, do you kind of agree with the pecking order? I was really surprised who they had at number one, the incoming transfer quarterback. 
from Stanford, who is down at Mississippi State. Well, the quarterback from at Mississippi State from Stanford is going to end up putting a lot of numbers in this offense. I mean, that's kind of a safe, out-of-the-box type of pick, I guess you could say. Uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Newman at Georgia is, is going to put up some numbers, too, in that offense and certainly has a really strong resume, the, the transfer from Wake Forest. Um, Kellen Mond, I just think Kellen Mond is, is overrated. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but – I would, I'm going to tell you right now, when we look back at this at the end of the season, Kellen Mond's not going to be the third-best quarterback in the SEC. And I get I get that he's a veteran now. He's been there a long time. I just view him as fast, but not, like, fast enough and just kind of mechanical, not not super smooth as a quarterback. I don't know. I just, not, I just haven't been blown away with him. And I don't mean to run him down. I mean, he's beaten Arkansas three years in a row. But that's just kind of my opinion on it. Kyle Trask certainly emerged at Florida when Felipe Franks went down. Mac Jones, is Mac Jones going to be the starting quarterback at Alabama when this thing shakes out? I think he probably won't be. Um, Bo Nix, number six. I mean, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, I guess. But, you know, he he didn't – I don't think he was exceptional as a freshman. Of course, there's a, a reason that it's pretty rare for a true freshman to start right out of the gate, but he did. And then, of course, Felipe at seven. Terry Wilson probably could move up a little bit on the list. I mean, he's a guy you kind of forget about because he was hurt last year. So I think that's that's eight. Who else is next? I think they just got kind of a list of also after that, don't they? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, Ethan. Ethan, good afternoon. Do you have a question or comment for Trey? Uh, yes, sir, I do. Um, this, this, I don't know if y'all commented on it yet, but I was going to ask uh, – like with this stuff going on with Contrail, uh, does that open up like a scholarship or anything, or is, mm. is that already counted against this year's class? And I was going to see if Trey could comment on if there is anybody else out there that we might could look for. Uh, yeah. Again, I, uh, you know, as I was saying yesterday with Contrail Wallace's situation, it sounds you, awful, Ethan. obviously, and I, I just, you know, I think about the families and all that stuff involved and it's just a it's a bad situation having said all that i'm you know going to reserve judgment until everything comes out doesn't sound very good obviously that's just kind of the way that history has taught me to look at things as for how it impacts the scholarship it does not impact it in any way really you cannot sign someone and they don't make it to campus and then it opened up one you just lose that scholarship that's that rule was changed back probably in 2000 uh around 2009 2010 houston nuts signed actually it wasn't changed then it was altered and then changed further later so houston nuts signed 36 players or something ridiculous one year and the reason was he wanted to sign and place them and there was this huge overreaction to it because it looked it looked ridiculous how do they sign that many but he was just signing and placing which was a common practice back in the day sign them send them to a junior college and you kind of put your it's not binding but you kind of put your stamp on them when you send them away you know and so if they ever did qualify again which they usually did not they usually did not I, i think houston nuts ended up with one guy at arkansas who he sent somewhere, I believe it was Brandon Barnett, is the only guy that they signed and placed who came back to Arkansas in that whole 10-year period. But anyway, a lot of people reacted to that, and 
they ended up changing the rule where you could only sign, I believe, 28 and bring 25 on campus. Around that time, the Big Ten, my memory may be a little bit hazy, but I, I think this is right, the Big Ten added a rule where you could only sign 25. And so fast forward, you know, the SEC and I guess the country adopted it, and you could only sign 25 and bring in 25. So that's why you see sometimes things really cautious with players that haven't quite yet qualified. There was a lot more risk taken before, like this guy's close to qualifying. You know, there's a couple more testing opportunities for him and this kind of stuff. I think it's worth the risk that we go ahead and sign him. Because if you, you know, if you did that, then you could sign, you know, you could sign 28 and still have a few left over. But you just don't see that anymore. People would, would rather wait and make sure you're going to qualify. So it's important to get your grades in order before signing day now uh, if you want to play college football. And from our Keith Lee Service Company Life in Feedback, Doug wants to know how much of a chance does KJ have winning the starting job from Franks? I think it's possible. I, I wouldn't close the door on it totally. I mean, he's been in the system. I say the system. He's been on college campus for a year I think what we saw from KJ, the things that he has to work on, he's got to be more consistent as a passer. He'd throw some some real darts, some good-looking passes, but every once in a while one would just completely sail over the wide receiver's head. And it was always that. It was always sailing over the head. And I think that from when what that is is from them reworking his throwing mechanics. He had a bit of a hitch when he got to Arkansas. It was something they've worked on him with. And, I think that has resulted in him kind of sailing it every once in a while. I feel like he's gotten a lot more velocity on the ball than he did when I saw him at camp. So he's got a shot. He's got to work on that. He's got to work on his on-field awareness, as we saw. can't remember what game it was. I think it was LSU where he kept coming up short of the, of the third down, <laughs> of the uh, first down marker on third down. So those kinds of things. But K.J. has a lot of physical attributes. So, But I, I would put the odds on favorite to be Felipe. All right, Trey, we will talk to you tomorrow. That's Trey Biddy of HawkSports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service. Drive Time Sports will continue. To be a part of the action, call 433-1037 or toll free 1-800-477-1037. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. All right, um, this is somewhat lengthy. I feel like I, I, yeah, I feel like I need to read yeah. it, though, is okay. what's in there. Donna right. says, good afternoon, Randy. My husband was listening to Drive Time Sports just like uh, uh, every day and heard the tail end of a caller commenting on how pleased he was at getting handicapped seating for his father and family to attend hmm. the upcoming Arkansas Razorback baseball game. Actually, that was a post from our Keith Lee Service Company mm-hmm. live feedback. I wonder if he mentioned who he might have spoken to at the ballpark. He didn't include that in his post. Maybe if he's still li- uh, listening, uh, maybe he can he can submit that information. I can pass it on. But this was um, a friend of mine, Tanya, and I began calling last Monday. Actually, I called Monday and Tuesday as well as emailing Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday because I was told need to speak to the man in charge of the tickets. This was no problem last year. In fact, they advised us of the option and suggested it. They seem to have a lot of new staff because he never seemed to be available. A man who answered the phone named Caleb gave me the email address. I was assured by John, the ticket guy, in an email he would call me on Wednesday, but he never has. I emailed again on Thursday 
and still have no response. I believe Tanya began calling on Wednesday, but I was getting nowhere. There are two groups of us, one with five, one with seven. Include are three people who are totally blind and do not want to get bogged with the baseball. Oh, wow. uh, Tan- Tanya's father uses a scooter. I really don't know why we can't get this man to call us back, but if you know anyone else we can contact, we would certainly appreciate it. We've attended the game for several years, even tried the seating out on the berm a couple times, but it's a little treacherous out there with people and blankets and wild children everywhere. The last time we sat down, there was one of them jumped across my husband's cane and mm. broke it in two. Thank oh you so gosh. much, Donna. Wow. So, so if we can get that person's name that you talked to at the Travs, that'd be great. Yes. So, Donna, um, we'll just hold still and uh, see if we can't get you some better information right. and, uh, and a possible contact. That's right. Hey, by the way, if you're talking about events in North Little Rock, I, I don't know if you saw this column by Harry King, who yes, still writes excellent columns. Yes, I did. But he brought up something that I have not seen up brought up anywhere else. And that's the contract between the University of Arkansas and War Memorial Stadium. Uh-huh. You probably know where I'm going, where it says in the contract that if the SEC denies the Razorbacks permission to play the red-white game in Little Rock, the university is not obligated to play any games in Little Rock during this period. Now, I don't. Evidently, the university and War Memorial are meeting this week. I think the column said, could be this week, could be next week. Uh, there is a clause in the contract that says they have to have sell at least forty-seven thousand tickets to the Arkansas-Missouri game. The attendance. I don't know about tickets sold, but I think it was thirty-three thousand when Arkansas played Missouri. Obviously, that was not just the date Friday after Thanksgiving. It was a result of a horrible season. We 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 all know that was part of it too. But um, I had not ever heard anything about a clause in the contract that said if they can't play a red-white game, then they wouldn't be obligated to play any games there. I doubt that the university is going to pull out. I, I just don't see that. But um, Harry made some – it was an excellent column. He made some very good points about when you start looking ahead. And um, Trey Biddy made the point the other day about these um, – Every other year, which are the odd years when Arkansas only has two conference games at home, if there's if there's not financial reason or if there's not um, the, a contract for the red-white game for Arkansas to play in Little Rock, they might not. And um, so that that would be a, a very interesting thing. And then, of course, in the very same day, Wally Hall uh, proposes an Arkansas-Arkansas State game, which would sell out that stadium and you give Arkansas the bulk of the money you give Arkansas State as if they were the visiting team I guess give them 1.5 million and uh, and play that to start the season every year I guess that would be a option although again as we just said Randy Arkansas is scheduled in 20 21 22 and 24 their entire non-conference schedule is is already done so that's just some interesting discussion points but particularly the point about would Arkansas, since they don't play the red-white game there, would they even consider not playing the Missouri games there? Right? And, and I don't know. We're probably ahead of the curve on that. But in the contract, it does give them that out. Yeah, it says on the second page of the 16-page document, this paragraph that includes in the event 
A waiver is not granted by the SEC for any or all spring football games. The U of A shall not be required under this agreement to schedule or play any additional football games at the stadium during the term. Oh, now hold on, hold on. That may mean that the word additional might change the thinking there. In other words, they don't have to schedule another game in addition to Missouri. Right. I, that, as I'm listening That's to that. That's the way I interpreted it. Okay. Yeah, the way I read it in, in the column was they might not even have to play Missouri there. But the way you just read that, I believe what that's saying is, yeah, Missouri's still firm unless they say they didn't sell enough tickets. But Missouri would still be firm, but they don't have to move a game there in place of the red-white game. That's yeah, I think okay. it's uh, – I mean, the other part of that article in which you mentioned Harry – had written yeah. Harry King, yeah. uh, the great Harry King, I should add. Yeah. Um, but – he broke down numbers. Arkansas's 2-9 and nine record was a huge factor, and the inferior product yes. also affected what the university describes as tickets distributed at Fayetteville, where capacity is 76,412. August 31st, Portland State, 61,000-plus. September the 14th, Colorado State, 55,000-plus. September 21st, San Jose State, 56,000-plus. October 19th, Auburn, 54,000-plus. November the 2nd, Mississippi State, 52,000-plus. Then November the 9th, Western Kentucky, 42,000-plus, really closer to Mm -hmm. 43,000. So I guess the point that Harry is, is making there is it wouldn't be fair to hold this against Little Rock because right. of the poor numbers right. that was on hand for that Missouri game, which was 33,961, mm-hmm. which was the lowest for a Little Rock game since 1996. Wow. So I'm guessing that uh, that's something that I'm, I'm guessing. I'm not sure what the phrase would be, but uh, that these numbers will be presented uh, to the Arkansas officials say, well, you know, yeah. you're, you're not selling out, you're not getting uh, capacity crowds at uh, Reynolds Razorback Stadium, and you can tell what kind of a difficult year is, is as each week passed, it sure. seemed like the numbers kept going down. The only time it went up, if you'll notice that, after they beat Colorado State, the next week they had a few more for yep. San Jose State. Yes, But correct. then after they lost that game, it went down every week, every every home game. And you're thinking, man, you know, Auburn, 54,000 for Auburn. You got 20,000 empty seats. And we're going by tickets distributed. We're not going by, we don't even know what the actual attendance was. Correct. But but obviously, the Mississippi State and uh, Western Kentucky games, the Western Kentucky, if that's listed as 42, there probably weren't 42,000 people in the stadium. If I remember correctly, 25 to 30 would have been. Uh, a big number, so to speak, yeah. for that particular day, because yeah. uh, that was a very empty stadium. So it's an inter- yeah, it's an interesting time. Uh, the um, obviously, you would think the enthusiasm for Sam Pittman's going to pick it up a little bit. Uh, the home schedule is amazing. Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, all on the home schedule, and Nevada's a good team too. Uh, and Louisiana Monroe's usually pretty good. So that Charleston Southern, I don't know much about them. And then as we, as Trey was complaining about the 2021 schedule, 
because it, it, once again you're down to two conference games, Auburn and Mississippi State, if you do play Missouri and Little Rock. But you do have Texas and Rice uh, both playing in Fayetteville in 2021. And I know it may not be as big a game, but it's it's UAPB actually comes to Fayetteville in 2021 as well. So the Texas game makes 2021 an attractive home schedule if, if that was the only game you played at home. So uh, we'll see what happens. But it'll be well, interesting know, the, discussions with Little Rock. I mean, the, the the game that keeps coming up to me, Rick, that has got to be changed is that awful series that continues on in Arlington with Texas A&M. Uh, I mean, well, it's, it's not. It, it's going to be a series. It, it's it's an it's awful because it's played there. Yeah. Rather than home and home. Right. And although, exactly. hey, it's a great place to play. No, no, I, I don't I, mean it that way. I'm not talking I about I love it. going there, but but it costs you a home game. Yeah, exactly. And so in your, yeah, so evidently that's through 2024, and um, uh, I guess it's through 2024. So we're talking about five more seasons. Mm. And I don't, I don't, know, how, I don't know how they're going to get out of it. Well, you're talking about numbers. That, that Those numbers continue to go down. Yeah, they do. They sure do. But if you're the University of Arkansas and Jerry Jones has given millions of dollars to your school, you can't be the one that initiates getting out of that contract. Oh, no, you're right about that. That uh, that would not be good. I think the Jerry Jones Center may get his name removed if that was the case. All right, Drive Time Sports will continue after this timeout. For peace of mind, share with us a piece of your heart. This is Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Let's talk with James. James, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Hey, guys. First time caller. been listening for years. I love the show. Uh, I wanted oh, to thank you. throw a, uh, another wrinkle in those numbers, if I could, uh, sure. that Rick was talking about. Uh, wasn't San Jose State, wasn't that the uh, – I, I agree that the attendance was decreasing because of the poor performance. But what yeah. about the modern gun weekend? Do you think that affected the uh, turnout? Probably, you, probably, you mean for like Mississippi State or, or you're talking about when hunting season started? Yeah, when – I think modern yeah. gun was uh, San Jose State. Uh, was it? Well, actually, San Jose State was a bigger crowd than Colorado State was. Mm-hmm. And so uh, – it was the second largest crowd of the year at Fayetteville. But after that, because they had beaten Colorado State the week before, if you remember, they had a great fourth quarter, scored three touchdowns to Colorado State's none. Everybody was excited. They came back. Then they threw the five interceptions and lost to San Jose State. Uh, and from that point on, uh, the attendance started tailing off. So, so yeah. I don't know that I don't know that there was any event that affected the San Jose State crowd. It was really a decent crowd. Yeah, I just figured a couple, I don't know, 50,000 people in the woods hunting might yeah. affect the, uh, the population. Appreciate it, guys. Sure. Love the show. All right. Thanks for calling. Thank you, James. Thank you for calling. Boy, don't you love Twitter, right? This, this is a good one. You, you see some sarcasm on Twitter. So you probably saw at the NFL, uh, they did these measurements. And Joe Burrow, the great quarterback at LSU, has size nine hands. I, I don't know what the heck that means. But evidently, it's not as big as some quarterbacks' hands should be. So, Joey Burrow, he tweeted this. Considering retirement after I was informed the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands, please keep me in your thoughts. 
Yeah, is that funny? Today. Yeah, that's hilarious. I love stuff. I mean, that's hilarious. A great sense of humor, and several people responded to that, talked about what a good sense of humor he has. I think he's probably still going to be drafted pretty high. What do you yeah. think? Even Patrick Mahomes, who I think his hand was only like a quarter inch bigger, really? uh, says, I think I've done okay throwing the football with <laughs> yeah, these small hands. He does, too. So, uh, he said, yeah, I'm pulling for you. All right, from our Keith Lee Service Company Live 10 Feedback, Russ says, War Memorial. Hope they don't play in War Memorial anymore. Lose a lot of money playing games there. People want to complain, cry about quality and quantity of opponents we play in Little Rock, but don't fill up the stadium when we do play there. Games are no longer needed uh, there anymore like we did in the past. As an alum, I don't like the Little Rock games, and I was born and raised in South Arkansas. Well, we could get into all of this. I, I know it can cause a lot of discussion. Obviously, there was a lot of discussion after Arkansas made the did the contract with the Missouri game and the red-white game. We, we just don't know where it's all going. Arkansas is contracted to play Missouri there in 2021 and 2023. But, again, the attendance was low enough that if they wanted out of the contract, they could, regardless of what they – see, here's the deal – it doesn't make any difference what the attendance was at Fayetteville. That's specifically in the contract for the War Memorial Games. Now, I, I don't think Arkansas is going to do that, but I'm not the one making decisions, and I sure won't be in the meetings, so we don't sure. know for sure. Sure. Uh, let's see, also from our Keith Lee Service Company live in feedback, Josh says, I think people forget that the university is in Fayetteville, not Little Rock, so really can't say it's not fair to judge attendance for Little Rock games when the university is in Fayetteville. Also, can't even fill up the stadium for one game. It shouldn't be hard to do, especially when people want to complain about the number of games being played there and the opponent. Maybe if they would fill up the stadium when we play there, then it would turn out different. But I hope they end it all together. And then Josh went on to say, I guess, that, yes, same Josh. Uh, I think the caller meant the Western Kentucky game being on the opening weekend of ah, the modern okay. gun yeah, season. Right. Well, I think, uh, and obviously it was a small crowd, and maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, but I think the the season did too. And you know, did how much of a determining factor was that with Hunter Urechek? Now, evidently, we find out later that he told Chad Morris after the Mississippi State game that the Western Kentucky game would be key to his future. Yes. Now, so Hunter's standing there, and he's watching Arkansas play about as poorly as they could play in front of a sparse crowd. You're the AD. you got to be saying to yourself, we can't, if we keep doing this, we're going to, two or three years, well, we'll be broke. Just <laughs> you remember you, that. Well, remember the approach he took with uh, Mike Anderson when Mike yeah. showed up at that meeting and didn't have a game plan. Right. And, um, he made a move pretty much immediately. Same thing as he threw the gauntlet down on the game against uh, Western K and said either you win this one or else. And we know what yeah. else meant. All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we got time. Let's talk to Brian. Brian, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Hey, guys. Love your show. Thank you. Hey, you're, you were talking about that uh, 1980 uh, U.S. Olympic team and the Russians? Yeah. Uh, back in 1983, they got uh, about 90% of the team back together up in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan at Kellogg Arena. 
and they had another exhibition game against the uh, Russians, and uh, I got to be the puck boy. Really? And, uh, I, yes. My job was to go to the freezer and deliver the pucks. I got to stand <laughs> at, uh, right there at edge uh, ringside. Yeah. Wow. And after they beat them again, I got to go in the locker room and hang out with these guys. No kidding. Yeah. How about, I, I, I don't even remember that. So they beat up the Russians again in 83? 83 in Battle Creek, Michigan, yeah. And, w- and was it a legit really it, trying to win these game, the game by both sides? Uh, it was just an exhibition, but it was really fun to watch. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I got to go in the locker room and get uh, actually had a couple hockey sticks all signed by the guys and they were slinging champagne and wow. It, it was hilarious. Do you still have your hockey sticks signed by the guys? Yes, I do. Believe it or not. Ooh-wee. After wow. all these years. How cool. Yeah, it was a pretty good weekend. I'd done won the all city wrestling tournament and then got to hang out with the Olympic team. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, a good week there. That's exactly right. Had a very good weekend. Yeah. Nice guys. Boy, I tell you what, uh, these hockey players, they're not as big as you think, but they sure are tough. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah I would say you're right there. Take some of those body checks those guys take. I'm not sure how they ever get up sometimes. Yep, it was a real good time. I thought you guys might want to know that. So, That's yeah, great. they beat them again, Thank and you. Uh, we, had, we had a great time. Very nice. Thank you Thank for sharing. You. Thank you, Thank you Brian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, hour number three, straight ahead. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment. 